Hey. Take two. <laughs> yeah, they, this app, I do not like the update. I just updated it, so I thought that was maybe my problem. So, for yeah, those of you, <laughs> it doesn't work like it used to. No. So, for those of you that um, are tuning in and have no idea what we're talking about, we are having technical difficulties because we have yet to get that sound guy that just does this for us. Right. In our dreams. Someday. Someday. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Sorry, I said it as I was, like, guzzling this hot chocolate. So I have this new hot chocolate concoction that is amazing. So the weather's turning here in good old western New York. So I'm freezing because it's dropped below 70 degrees, which is funny because I love cooler weather, but, like, I hate being cold inside the house. And, like, even in the summer, like, I'll turn the air conditioning on so I'm, like, not hot and sweaty but then like I'll go load up on like sweatshirts and like sweatpants and stuff and then have to like peel off all these layers to walk outside so um it's like who I am like so Elisa knows this because she stopped at my house the other night to pick something up and the entire time she was here I was walking around the house (laughs) bundled up like I lived in the tundra with this Mickey Mouse blanket wrapped around me I'm like sorry I'm cold I think for me um well, I, I don't like being cold either, but I think for me, like, I'm now at the point where I'm so used to being in 90 degree weather because our summer here was so amazingly hot and wonderful that it dropped below, like, 80 and I was freezing. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely felt like, okay, now I'm accustomed to this and anything below this is an iceberg. You see, I'm not accustomed to it. I won't go outside when it's that hot. Oh, I was outside for 30 <laughs> seconds and I'm like, and eh, back in the AC. I'm such a um, so anyways, this hot chocolate, I made it last week and then I made it again tonight. So I'm like, oh, like I'm freezing. I need something warm to hold on to. But it's so good. I chug it that then I don't have anything but like a warm mug that's empty to hold on to, which is right. probably better because I won't spill it. So it's hot chocolate, like any hot chocolate, but I found packets that we had left in our pantry. And then, like, the kids are back to school, and so I've been trying to keep, like, their immune system boosted and, like, mine because I pick up everything that these little snot rags bring in the house. Yep. So um, they're adorable snot rags, though. They the are. They're the so children, cute. not the actual rags. They're disgusting. Um, <laughs> so so um, I put a drop of doTERRA on guard, which is, like, their immune – boosting blend into the hot chocolate and mix it in so on guards made with um like all different oils but cinnamon and clove are like there too so it's like it smells it's like this chocolatey cinnamon oh just delicious <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> i love it i mean maybe i'm really one that thinks it but it's so good <laughs> so tonight we are tackling a heavier subject that we haven't really talked too much about um we are discussing grief and all the things that come along with grieving um I mean I guess you could go as far as saying like I grieve the fact that summer is over and fall is starting officially tomorrow because yes I am that person that waits until the 21st to be like okay today is fall not September 1st tomorrow also by the way is um my dog Spencer's designated birthday. 
Which is awesome. Which I say that's the date because I know he was born sometime in September, but like the person we got him from like had no clue. She was very withholding information. I think it's because she even straight up said like she was trying to keep this dog for herself. Um, So she was trying to make him like unappealing to anybody so that she could tell her husband that nobody wanted him and she could keep him. And I was like, you're asking what? That's outrageous. I'll take him. Yeah. Um, No, this is going to be my dog. And for everyone who's going to come at us about this story right now, I adopted my other dog from a shelter. Spencer was my, I graduated from college. I want to be a big girl and get a puppy and I don't care what kind of puppy I get. I lived with my parents because I had just graduated from college and my mom said that if you're going to get a dog, get the type of dog that we used to have, which was our dog Pepper growing up or else your dad's not going to let you have the dog. So yes, I bought a dog from some woman in some hick town near us because that was the only way my dad would let us happen. It happens. I also think it was my mom's way of like getting a dog for herself without having to actually go get a dog for herself. That's probably true. Mm -hmm. True. I mean, we, we got our dog from a breeder. Our cats are rescues, but our dog is from a breeder. Which in some sense, I mean, I get it. And it was not like a puppy mill. It was like a woman in our house that breeds it. I'm not saying anything's more right than the other, but I mean, you're saving these dogs from like what they're going to have and not to go too off subject. But at one point my mom tried to get these new dogs that were like new used dogs from this woman that I guess you would say they're rescues, but we had to send them back. They were retired show dogs. And oh, yeah. Like, let me just tell you, the show dog industry is, like, ridiculous. So this woman lived in this tiny little house with I don't even know how many dogs. So, like, these show dogs, like, you see them, like, if you ever watch, like, that stuff on TV, and, like, they're so well-behaved, and they do their little prancing and trotting around and all that. But honestly, they're the worst dogs. So this woman probably had like 10 dogs in this like 800 square foot house. And these dogs were retired and she wanted to keep them together. So she did. They were so bad. They were like not house trained because her house is so small. They all stayed in cages all the time in her house and had like designated times that they could come out. And she had like, these were like these mid-sized like terrier dogs. But her daughter also lived with her and had like standard poodles like the big poodles show Mm -hmm. dogs like so like they were also taking up space but the same way so like these dogs would like poop inside their cages and like but now want to be in there with them so like poop through the cage so you'd have to clean it out of like the cracks and crevices because they'd like try to shoot it out the cage and like we had to send them back like it was so bad and you feel bad sending them back so you know what they came from but like there's no way we could like reform these dogs at like the ages they were at so that's how he ended up with Spencer so my mom could get a good dog but not have to get a dog herself (laughs) so funny so that has nothing to do with grief no it doesn't (laughs) other than my dog is old and someday I'll be grieving that he is no longer with us as he turns 16 so (laughs) I'm actually going to start with that actually um so Carrie's kind of letting me be the lead on this and I'm kind of pumped because I have some pretty awesome notes and pointers to go over um can Uh, i just excuse me i'm raising my hand if you could see me (laughs) you know what i mean i could actually feel you raising your hand i know and i apologize for this but i just have to like be the asshole that i can be at times of seriousness to just comment on the fact that i love that you're pumped to talk about grief and continue i am 
And here's my reasoning why I am excited to talk about it. I truly believe in our culture in the United States, we don't get the opportunity to talk about it. We look at grieving as something scary. We look at it as terrifying. We look at it as we don't know how to deal with people who are in this state. And so I, I am excited to talk about it because there are those rare unicorns like me who want to talk about grief, mm-hmm. who want to tell you how we are feeling. Um, you know, other cultures celebrate death and celebrate afterlife. And when you grieve, it's a, it's a happy, or not necessarily happy, but a happier celebration and idea. And there's more positivity where, again, our culture, it, it's not, it's not as happy. It's sad and it's scary and it terrifies people. So, yeah. That's where I, that's where I am coming in pumped up. Um, but you had, you had said about one day, you know, grieving the loss of a dog. And I'm just going to say animals in general. It's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say, you know, say most of the people listening or people out there in general have had some sort of animal, whether it's a dog, a cat, a fish, a ferret, a bird, a bunny a horse, whatever animal it is that you lost, that you had this amazing connection to, and you grieved that animal. And it's a totally different type of grieving than anything else because our animals are, are, you know, our fur babies when you become older. They're your babies. You're their mama or their daddy, whatever. You're their grandpa. You're their grandma. And it's a different relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a different type of grieving. Because, yes, you can get another dog. You can get another cat. You can get another bird. Whatever your animal may be. But it's never going to be that same animal that you were, you had before. Um, and you can't, you can't compare it. Right? Like, you can't compare what state of grieving you're in. Who you're grieving. How you're grieving. If it's a a person, an animal, a plant, maybe you're really into plants and your favorite plant died. I am not into plants. I don't know anything about them. I barely know how to cut my grass, um, which is true because I came home today and my front yard was cut by my neighbors who apparently were mad at me because I didn't cut my grass this week. Well, whatever gets so, the job done. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did the backyard, but the front yard was done. So I was like, oh, I guess I should do the back then too. Um, but don't Don't compare your loss of whatever it may be to somebody else's loss because it's not the same. You can both have dogs pass away. You can both have people pass away. You can both have whatever pass away, but your grief will be totally different. Your grief for your dog is going to be different from the grief of my dog. Right. It's just you have a different relationship with that person, that animal, whatever it may be. So don't don't compare. It's it's not okay. I will tell you that it is not okay to compare your grief to somebody else's. Right. Um, And just to like tag onto that, too. And like I'm guessing that what you mean is like, I mean, obviously, like you can't like just 
not saying you know if like you lose a dog and some like don't go up to somebody who's just left their dog and say you know I lost my dog once too like that's okay and you know having a conversation it's just the one uppers and trying to you know like oh yeah like an eye felt or like trying to tell somebody how to feel because that's what you felt right um being a very young widow uh you get compared to a lot of things and it's probably one of the more bizarre (laughs) bizarre parts of widowhood um is being compared to everything so yes i know that you have lost someone or something in your life we all go through it we've all experienced some sort of loss but my grief for my husband is extremely different from your grief to your dog or someone's divorce or an abusive marriage they are very very different very different and they should be different because they're completely different situations they're completely different scenarios they are completely different relationships don't don't downgrade the person who is grieving because that's what it turns into is oh well you're sad because of this but this is why this is my story and why I can be sad too mm-hmm. You feel very unlistened to, very unloved, very underappreciated. And it's extremely difficult. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, And then even people that, you know, have lost loved ones. I mean, even if you think it's the same, it's not the same because it's not you. So, I mean, I know you and I talk a lot about, you know, you losing Dan and me losing my dad but you know I always make sure you know that I understand like it's not the same but it's just what I have to relate to in terms of helping you through you know a dark moment Um, so and even people losing their spouse just because you've lost your spouse and someone else lost theirs you know you guys you could commiserate together. You could build a bond together and a friendship to help each other through, but it's not the same. You know, somebody could have been married for 30, 40 years and lost a spouse. Someone could have been married for two or three years and lost a spouse. Someone could have, it could have been sudden versus, you know, like a long drawn out terminal illness that you had time to prepare for. So it's just, there's so many factors that make everybody's situation so unique, which is why each person is different you know I mean everything in life is unique to you it's your life so just I mean keep that in mind and we don't want to give the impression that we're telling people how they should act or that you can't I mean because I know starting this conversation it's that you know we want to make people comfortable talking about it and I mean sometimes you're going to say the wrong thing and that's fine too but you know just be mindful of other people and just, you know, be supportive without trying to tell people what you think they should 
feel or act because nobody wants to hear that. I mean, in any situation. No, (laughs) nobody does. I was actually, um, about a month ago, I was at my nephew's birthday party and my other nephew's baptism, which was on the same day. So it was really nice. We got to see the whole family together. And I was talking to one of Dan's aunts and his cousin, um, their, I guess, her husband slash her father, same family, uh, passed away about a year before Dan did, at a young age as well. And we're discussing grief. Now, today officially marks 18 months since Dan passed away. And I was talking to his Aunt Diane. And again, she's a, you know about a year ahead of me with widowhood and she said the biggest thing for her still today two and a half years later is that she is pissed as hell that she has to go through this and she's angry and she's mad and she's upset and her daughter said to me which is so true I'm glad that my mom, my brother, and myself have all grieved the loss of my dad completely differently because we needed to. My mom needs to be pissed off and angry, and she should be because her plans, her lifetime, her dreams were destroyed. Mm -hmm. I should be sad and miss him because he's missing all these life events that are going to be happening for me and for my family you know my brother is missing his best friend that he used to talk to the man he wanted to be the person he looked up to the most and I'm glad that all three of us grieve different respected each other enough that we grieve different we allowed each other to be different and continue to move forward as a family together in whatever way it was going to look like on the good days which are very far and few between on the bad days on the okay days and on the days where you pretty much feel nothing and I was so relieved to hear her say that because that's exactly how I feel all the time and it was validation for me that I'm not the only one who thinks like this Mm -hmm. Um, you know, making sure that you let that person, whoever it is, who's grieving, let them talk, listen to them, offer advice when they ask for it. Don't assume they want advice. Sometimes people just want to be heard. You know, if they want to tell you a story that they think is hilarious and it makes them feel happy, listen, if they're going to tell you something that makes them feel awful and depressed, and they just need you to sit there and hold, you know, hold their hand, listen, listen first, listening is active, we hear all the time, we don't listen all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Example, I play music at work, I hear that it's on, 
but I'm not always listening to the words until Mike Fick plays WAP, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I was just listening to this at work. Yep, it was. That is a true story. <laughs> just like you never know how bad your favorite songs are until you play them when your kid is in the car. <laughs> uh, I didn't know it said this word. Yep. Um, you know, Carrie and I are. I'm going to use the word lucky enough to have an amazing friendship where we can talk about everything because we do. (laughs) There is, there is no subject the two of us haven't talked about. And knowing that I have somebody and it, and I do have a lot of them, probably the most amazing support system you could ever imagine between all the friends and family, um, coworkers, people that just knew Dan that are now starting to get to know me. Um, it's, it's unbelievable, but to have somebody that you can be a hundred percent raw with. And I, and I would say, you know, both ways, like you are, you are very raw with me about how you feel about your dad mm-hmm. at times. I am extremely raw with you about how I feel about Dan all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I don't have a problem talking about it. Um, but having that, those people that you can go to and just say, you know what, I just feel like giving up today because this is what happened and I can't deal with it. And they just sit there and listen. Those, those people you need to find. Because again, in our culture, we're terrified to talk about death. It's scary. It's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not happy. It doesn't make us feel good. Right, it makes us feel sad and terrified and depressed and anxious. So, I guess it leads to my next topic of not judging the person for how they are grieving. Okay, I'm going to repeat that again. Don't judge the person for how they are grieving. Mm -hmm. They are not you. They are not you. They will never be you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't judge them. Support them. You know, maybe they're making bad decisions, and you can see that they're doing something that isn't logical to you or logical to the way you think they should act. Let them. Let them do what they need to in that time, in that day, in that second. Don't, don't judge them because they're going to need you for support. They're going to want to come to you and be raw with you. They're going to want to discuss things with you. And if you start judging them, you're going to immediately close them out. And that person is going to have a very jaded, jaded opinion of mm-hmm. you now. Um, I would like to add in, though, that um, if it is something that endangers the person I mean common sense says interject right um we have had moments where you know like we've talked through now I mean and I'm gonna say this because like we've all been there I mean I drank a lot when my dad passed away you had some beverages when Dan Mm -hmm. passed away um Yes, And, you know, there's a time and a place that I think having, you know, come from my experience, like I knew I kind of 
grew out of it. So, you know, even when you came to me and you're like, hey, you're like, I really drink a lot last night. I'm like, Alisa, like, it's not time to worry yet. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, and I, you know, I was very mindful of what you were telling me so that I knew to watch for if it got to a point where it was like, okay, Lisa, like, now we need to have a talk. Um, because, yeah. you know, I was there and, you know, that's why it's good to have such um, a huge, like, array and a very, like, variety of people in your support system because people bring different experiences, different perspectives into what you're going through, you know, but all in a supportive way because I just remember, like, with my dad and even, you know, months afterwards, like, I didn't realize I was still in a fog until after the fact, but, I mean, one of, like my favorite I don't want to say my favorite activities but I just remember there was a few instances so um I think we've touched on this before but when um my dad had passed away we lived about half hour away from my hometown which is you know where my whole family lives and being as worried as we were about my mom even though she had so many friends family like everybody in town with her you know I'd call her every day after work to see how she was doing just because I wanted to hear her voice to know that like she was there and she was you know okay um, not mentally, obviously, but like physically, like, okay, needed to hear her voice, like confirm that like she was, you know, didn't do anything, you know, irreversible. So, um, and then every weekend we would pack up and drive and stay at our house. Um, and then, you know, it only took a few months, but we sold our house and we moved in with her, um, while we were in the process of building a new house where we have an in-law apartment for her now. So during this time that we're living together under one roof, and it was a big enough house, like we all had space, but my mom actually slept on the couch in the family room. And even to this day, so it's been seven years since my dad passed away, seven and a half, about um, my mom will not sleep in a bed in her bedroom anymore, even though now she doesn't have the same bed that her and my dad had. And she obviously doesn't have the same bedroom. She still will not sleep in a bed. She sleeps on a couch she has for seven and a half years. Um, so at this time, like we're in her house and like her bedroom was obviously upstairs, but she did only came up there to shower and get dressed in the morning and then like went back downstairs. Um, so she basically had her own, own room in the family room. So we had, my husband and I had my old bedroom and we just had Vinny at the time. So Vinny had my sister's old bedroom like down the hall from us and so you know when we were you know kind of done watching tv with my mom or she'd kind of like fall asleep on the couch and we would go upstairs and watch tv in her bedroom to kind of like have space and so we would take a bottle of wine or drinks up there with us but the one day I just remember we were just like oh like I don't know if we we're just you know kind of like stressed out because of like life in general maybe worried about her or whatever but I just remember sitting in like my childhood bedroom with a bottle of wine no glasses just sitting in bed with Mike taking swigs of wine and passing this bottle back and forth in bed and watching TV. And I'm like, this is so fun. (laughs) And so, I mean, it went off on a tangent, but it's just one of those things where it's like you, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, okay, maybe something was a little more wrong than we thought at that moment, but it was just how we were getting through it. Other people may have judged that story had we told them, but We were just doing what we needed to do. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying if you're, if that person is like seriously harming themselves, like just let them go. No, stop that. Yeah. (laughs) But 
you know, maybe they need to have that extra glass of wine that they probably shouldn't have, but maybe they need it as, you know, as long as they're being safe and they're not driving and somebody else's, um, you know, because if you, if you take that away from somebody who's already in that extreme vulnerability, it's not going to help. It is not. It's going to make things worse for everyone. Oh, I can only imagine drinking a bottle of wine in bed. Oh my gosh, so far. I can't I can't even imagine drinking a bottle of wine and working. Do you remember last Monday? Like I was hung over all day because I had two glasses of wine yeah. Sunday night. And I'm like, Lisa, I've been pain. What's the tea? I should have texted you. Oh my god, what is the tea name you're supposed to drink from Snarky Tea? Get your shit together. I found it, it and I drank it and oh my gosh, it was amazing. Like to remind you guys we don't get paid for this we just are in love <laughs> but this tea i dropped my mic hang on my headphones fell out um it's called get your shit together and it actually has a blurb about being if you're like you're hungover i've even drank it um on days when i, I get like seasonal migraines and headaches so that even helps it one of the main ingredients in it is lemongrass which is an essential oil i use for my headaches so just it just helps clear that right up, but it's just got the perfect blend of whatever you need to feel better. And oh my gosh, I just bought a whole package <laughs> of it. I was like, I need this in my life. <laughs> I'm taking mine to work tomorrow. I'm excited, <sighs> love it. Um, so I want to add in here. Um, it just feels like a good timing, just in talking about like what other people are going through too and I mean not in the sense of like comparing uh, but I think it helps if you really take the time to pay attention to the people in your life that you know it will not only help you know the best way to interact with them and you know being able to judge what they need but you can use those experiences to help others too. So I think one of the reasons that you and I really bonded more than we had before over the past year and a half is, you know, not to compare my losing my dad to being the same feeling as you losing your husband. I mean, I have no idea what that would feel like, but I saw a lot of my mom in you, especially in those early months. And not only did it only help me to be like, no, Lisa, like, you know, that extra drink maybe make you feel bad, but it's not reason to go find an AA meeting yet. Um, But I just, I noticed a lot of what you were feeling and acting was what I saw in my mom. And in hindsight, and I'm sure I told you this many times, I was like, oh my gosh, like my mom used to do that. And Mm -hmm. I wish I had known these things way back then, because back then, like, we were ready to send my mom to like rehab or interventions and, you know, going to family and just going like, she's, you know, she's like completely lost it. Like she's freaking out. Like this is not, but it just, it was her grief and it was nothing anybody could say or do was going to make her, you know, act any differently. And she would tell you that too. Um, but it was just, ironic like to then watch you and go wow like no I know that that's not a huge issue because my mom did that 
and she's okay mm-hmm. now. Like, I mean, and not okay in the grease up, but just like, you know, she survived that period. Um, so it just helps to just really pay attention and just know that, you know, you may have seen similarities in other people and that, you know, not everything is cause for alarm or straitjacket or extreme measures. It, it helped me a lot knowing that I could say to you, like, hey, I feel like this or like this is happening or whatever the case may be. And you were like, yeah, my mom, my mom went through that too. And it was like, okay, well, I'm not losing my shit. I mean, I am losing my shit, but I'm not we at all the same are. time. Like this is, this is semi quote unquote normal in a very non-normal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I did do therapy for a year um, for my grief. And I, I will say for me personally, it didn't help like people had told me, like people had anticipated it would or what I had built up in my mind. Um, but other people it has worked great for. Um, I'm in a bunch of support groups and there are times where those support groups are exactly what I need. And there are times I, I don't have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time. Um, they make me angrier. They make me sadder. They make me more depressed. They bring up things that trigger my PTSD Um and these are all things that I have been diagnosed with. I'm not just making it up and saying like, oh, I have these issues. Um, no, these are these are very you know discussed, and I don't have a problem talking about them openly because this is this is who I am in this moment, right? Mm-hmm. This is the person I've had to become to survive. I've had to. I've always been outspoken. People who know me know that about me, um, but I am. I am quieter in the sense too. I am kind of more reserved on certain things, but when I am truly passionate about something, I have no problem talking about it. And I think being that way has kind of helped. And I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, Carrie, Mm -hmm. um, or any of my friends who are listening, but I think that's kind of helped my friends in that sense. And my family knowing that I would be like, look, I just had a massive panic attack because this happened. And they were like, okay, well, now I know when this situation occurs to watch you (laughs) because then I can help you through whatever happened. Right. Um, You know, because it, it, it does like you, you think to yourself, like, is this normal that I'm only sleeping for 30 minutes a night? Is this normal that every time I try to eat something, I get super nauseous and can't, you know, things of that nature. And it was nice to know that it is normal in the sense that we are doing something that feels very not normal. Mm -hmm. Do you want to add anything or do you want me to go to my next bullet point? 
No, you've got that one covered. Next. Next. Um, (laughs) So, there is a a meme on Facebook, and I will find it, and we will post it to um, somewhere on social media when we figure out which social media we're going to use. But it's kind of like a U-shape, if you can imagine, but with like two little arms on the end, and it has all the stages of grief in it. You know, some people say there's five, some people say there's seven, whatever you believe. So it has all the different stages of grief, and it says what grief looks like, right? And you're supposed to like go down, 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 and then you come up and you're like out of grief, right? The next picture says what my grief looks like. It's the exact same thing, but inside of the U are lines that are squiggled all over the place, almost like a bowl of spaghetti. And I think this is a big one in the fact that people assume that grief is linear. People assume that there's a timeline for grief. People assume that these stages are how you go through it so like okay you're in your angry stage oh you're in your denial stage oh you're in this stage and that's it's not at all how grief works for anybody mm-hmm. it doesn't go straight it doesn't keep moving forward it's all over the place in one day you could feel all stages you know maybe the next day you feel fine and then the day after that you're back into a different stage there's no straight linear timeline there's no you need to go through this to get to that it's you just need to wake up and see what happens Mm -hmm. um it's one of my favorite memes to look at because it again, reminds me that what I'm going through is okay. That it's okay to feel like I took four steps back today compared to the one step forward yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's okay to jump back and forth within these emotional stages to try to understand what's happening to you. And just overall that you're not alone in feeling that way you know we are such a culture of like we just want the quick band-aid put it on keep going forward like you're better now right like everything's better and while maybe in that particular second yes you are better for that second doesn't mean that the second after that you're going to be better or the second after that you know I think it's understanding that it's okay to take your own timeline it's okay to be in these stages for as long as you need to be I'm not saying that you live in them the rest of your life and I know that there are parts of me that will always be angry I know that there are parts of me that are always going to feel a little bit of denial There's always going to be parts of me that feel a certain way, right? It just, it is what it is. I've learned to accept that. I've learned 
to accept that my good days are filled with a lot of sadness. You know, maybe the sadness isn't as great today. You know, maybe it's not as big as it was yesterday, but there's still sadness. I understand that behind every smile, there's probably a tear. Behind every positive thought, there's always going to be that what if or why is this? I've accepted that, right? That's my part of acceptance, not accepting the fact that my husband has passed, but accepting the fact that I am grieving. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I definitely want to find that because I think it was super eye-opening. And that was um, from one of the support groups that I'm in when I saw that meme. Yep. That is a good one. And I think it's, this is a good point to make on that too, is just that if you're kind of the helper for someone that's going through, you know, grief, you know, extreme grief or a situation like this, just remember that if they, people start having good days, don't just assume and start telling them that like they're better, they're cured, they're healed. Because like you said, you're going to still have those bad days. And I mean, I'm there to, you know what I mean? Like I'm there too, just because I have, you know, good days, happy days. Um, doesn't mean that I'm completely over the fact that, you know, I lost my dad when I did in my life. But I mean, for my situation, it's just that I... I push myself to keep going more than I should because at that point in time, so when my dad passed away, I had a seven-week-old baby. So I didn't have a choice to not take care of my child. So, you know, I had to push through. So then, you know, when I'm doing things for my kids now, you know, I'm like having happy holidays and things like that, you know, I'm putting on a happy face for them because I don't want, you know, my loss to affect their childhood, but it doesn't mean that I'm just, you know, moved on and whatever. And that's a big thing for me too, that I've noticed is just that holidays, they don't, they're not happy for me anymore. I mean, I enjoy seeing my kids get excited about, you know, holidays and birthdays and all that, but I just, I don't have it in me to like really look forward to them anymore. Um, It's just, it's too different in so many ways, not just, you know, because of one aspect of loss, but it's just that I, that's like a huge thing that I notice in me. It's just that they just, they don't mean the same to me anymore. Yeah. I, I can empathize with that as well. Um, I hate when people say, I know just how that feels because I don't. Like, I don't, my my parents are still alive. They are absolutely amazing. Um, I think they try to push our podcast on all of their friends um, as much as they can. (laughs) Love them. Um, So I, I don't know what, what it's like to not have my dad around for holidays 
Um, but I can empathize with the fact that I don't like celebrating mm-hmm. anything anymore. And I was the girl who was like counting down days till holidays. Like my birthday, for example, was probably like the most amazing holiday, right? Yeah, um, you're you're a birth- <laughs> you're a it's my birthday month girl. It's and- my birthday month. <laughs> uh, not anymore. Um. Because it's just a, to me, it's a reminder of the sadness and the the person who's missing, right? Like, I wish that this person was here. I wish that that person was here. You know, it's never going to be the same as it always was or the, the way it should be. Mm-hmm. you know I I say that a lot to Carrie like I shouldn't have to do this I shouldn't be living this life it's the life that I have and it's the life that I'm living but there's a lot of times I feel like it's it's not fair it's not okay mm-hmm. and I get it I'm I'm not saying that Carrie and I are the only two people in the world who have lost somebody um you know I I do have other friends who have lost parents and their their grief to their parents is very different from your grief to your dad. I know I'm not the only person who became a widow at 34. Okay, I get that. There there are actually a lot of young widows out there. Um but I'm just saying for this purpose there's times where you just miss that certain person for that reason. Mm -hmm. so I get it holidays are not they're not as fun as they used to be they're not and I mean not just because one person is not there but then like from my perspective it's you know so my dad's not still here to celebrate with us but that means there's other people that aren't here because he's not here not like that passed away like still alive but they're not here because he's not here so they're gonna go elsewhere or they're just not celebrated in the same way or you know you just don't have it in you um one story that is actually you know kind of funny in hindsight but um thanksgiving for us is just it's not a holiday we celebrate anymore um mike's family never really did a lot um since we started dating like for Thanksgiving. I know one year, I think it was the first year we were dating. I went to his aunt's house with him. Um, but you know, his brother might do something with his wife's family. Um, his sister lives out of state now. His mom usually just goes with her sisters and, you know, we were always with my family, but you know, that's kind of broken up since my dad passed. My sister now goes to like a friend's giving with a friend who has everyone over and you know my mom will go with her the past few years like we've gone there because we just didn't have anything else to do and I just I didn't have it in me to put together a holiday but so the one year it was a few years ago I think it was the first year we were in this house and my sister was going to have Thanksgiving with a friend um with her family and um we were gonna have dinner here but since you know my husband's family doesn't get together for Thanksgiving. They all go wherever. So I told him, I said, well, I said, I'm not, 
I'm not making like a turkey for just us. One, we had a baby and a picky toddler. <laughs> um, I don't eat meat. And so I'm not making, you know, a 12 plus pound turkey for just my husband. <laughs> so, um, but then my mom was here, but still two people and like one, even the smallest turkey is a huge turkey, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll make the sides, like, because I live for stuffing. And I think it's a uh, side note, like hysterical. Anytime someone will come up to me near Thanksgiving and say, oh my gosh, you're a vegetarian. What do you possibly eat on Thanksgiving? And I tell them the same exact thing. Whoever asked me, everything but the turkey. Right. Like, do you know how much food there is on Thanksgiving? Like, I'm never without food. Like, so, um, but I, I live for stuffing. Like, I could just eat stuffing, like, all the time. So, um, like I said, like, I'll make the sides, but I'm not going to make a turkey. So, my husband's like, like, let's do steak. I'm like, that's fine, you know, because then you just grill a steak. So, we asked my mom to come have dinner with us, and we made steak, which she loves steak, too. And so, this is, you know, talk about someone in their stage of grief, right? Even though it's just a few years since my dad passed. And so, she's over here. We had a great dinner. You know, she had a – we're like like kids of the year, right? Like, we made her steak for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And we had baked potatoes and sides and this and that. And so – you know, it was nice. It was just like, you know, just us. It was nice. No big fuss. Whatever. So I don't know where we had heard it from, but sometime after Thanksgiving, we hear from someone that she had gone and complained to them that Thanksgiving just wasn't the same. And like, she was appalled that we made her steak for Thanksgiving and there was no turkey. <laughs> I'm like, that woman got a fucking steak. (laughs) And she's complaining to people about us. But, like, that's just, I mean, and not that she didn't appreciate us, but that's just, that's how my mom handles that sort of thing is, like, I've found out so many times over the years. Like, that's what she does. Like, she'll put on, but then she'll just go bitch about us to someone else. And it's like, if that's what she needs to do, like, all for it, woman. But just as long as at the end of the day you remember, you got a fucking steak. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, then I just stopped inviting her over for Thanksgiving. I was like, well, I'd call my sister. You got her. <laughs> Tag. Yeah, you're it. Yeah, I just, I mean, they, I don't know. I think uh, for me, they just remind me, again, I am only 18 months today into widowhood, but I think they just remind me of too much happiness. Mm-hmm. And then the sadness overcomes it because it reminds me of like what we should be doing on this day, right? Like mm-hmm. we should be doing blah, 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 blah. And oh, we're not. Um, I was a little terrified last year of Christmas, but. Christmas was actually fairly decent. Mm -hmm. So Dan passed away in March, um, on March 20th. He was buried about a week and a half after that. A week after that was his 34th, I'm sorry, 35th birthday. And then 
like a week after that was Easter. So Mm -hmm. within the first month, not only did I bury him, I had to celebrate his birthday and then the first holiday without him right Mm -hmm. in a row, like bam, 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 here you go. So I told my family it, you know, before Easter, I don't want to celebrate. Don't wish me a happy Easter. There's nothing happy about this. I don't want to go, but I will be there. Like, and they were respectful and they're like, whatever you want. Like, you want to sit in the corner? Fine. You can sit in the corner. Um, so we were rotating, you know, holidays throughout our family. And when it came time for Thanksgiving, we were at my aunt's house and we started discussing what we we're going to do for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. You know, uh, my grandmother had passed away two months before Dan in January. So it was like, you know, we're not going over to her house. So are we doing our own thing on Christmas Eve? Are we doing our own thing Christmas Day? Are we going to do everything together? Like, what's the plan going to be? So we decided on having christmas eve at my one aunt's house and they're going back and forth about what are we gonna do christmas day what are we gonna do christmas day are we gonna get together are we not like this cousin's coming in from out of town but this one won't be here because she's got to go to dinner with her in-laws like so we decide yes we're gonna get together on christmas day as well for dinner and now it's okay well whose house are we going to have this at because so-and-so had this holiday and -and so-and-so had this holiday and you know going on and on and the room got quiet for a second and I stood up in front of my whole family and I said I want Christmas to be at my house this year I've never hosted Christmas at my house but I want to host it this year and they were all in shock like you want to have Christmas at your house yep I want to have Christmas at my house and they couldn't understand why I would want that considering what was happening and what had happened and my reasoning for it was because if I didn't have to leave my house and I was having a day where I could just stay in my bed I could stay in my bed and still have family around me to support me and love me and cuddle with me and it ended up being a pretty good day. Um, I'm using the word good very loosely in this, mm-hmm. this story. But my parents ended up spending the night. Um, we had a friend who lived with us for a period of time in his life while he was going through some hardship. He spent the night as well. And I woke up to support around me and love and passion and the rest of the day it was you know the four of us doing things together you know whether it was cleaning or making dinner or setting the table or getting you know ice or installing my ring doorbell (laughs) you know whatever happened that day Mm -hmm. um it was just togetherness and then my family started coming over and it was being with them and seeing them and having this weird sense of relief that I wasn't truly alone even though I had never felt more alone in my life 
And it ended up being a good day for everybody. And I think in the sense, we all needed it. We had all been through so much crap and we had been through so much grief. And for an hour and a half to two hours of that day, it was like we could almost forget how sad we were, how depressed we were. And just focus on the fact that we were all together. So Christmas actually wasn't too terrible. I didn't decorate. I don't plan on ever decorating again unless I absolutely have to. One, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everybody has way too much Christmas stuff. So one, it's a lot of work. Two, um, who am I decorating for? My dog? Like, no. I just, Um... I don't have the patience. Sloda does deserve some Christmas pictures in front of the tree, though, but it's fine. <laughs> she gets them at daycare. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Saves you the hassle. She gets, no cleanup. She gets a picture with Santa at daycare. It's great. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. She wears a Christmas outfit, gets her picture on Santa's lap. She's happy. I'm happy. It's all good. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I think I just want to wrap up with one last point, and I I'm going to say, Carrie, like, we're not going to do an F this and F that. I think this has already been, like, heavy enough that we don't need to, like, bring in what pissed us off this week. If you don't mind. <laughs> I have I have another one. That it's not it's not a complaint, but I have I have something for it. Are you do you want to say it? Go ahead. Go ahead and do your wrap up and then I'll I'll okay. do mine. Um, so my my last thought on everything is just allow everyone to grieve in the way that they need to everyone grieves different because everybody is different and everybody's relationship with that person who is lost was different than yours that's my final point oh thank you no it's very fitting that i would follow you with what i'm about to say oh great (laughs) because (laughs) Because this is who I am in the relationship. So um, this was, you know, could be considered a very heavy episode. Um, I don't think we, you know, have people, you know, in tears and going through boxes of tissues right now, hopefully. But, you know, (laughs) added some insight to what, um, you know, these sorts of situations could be like, whether you're the one grieving or you're trying to help someone who's grieving. Um, But... So it's not like F this is just like fuck this, but this is more F this is in like this is just like really fucking funny. So are you telling the story? Oh, you're gonna love the story. You know the I story. I think I know the story. You I know, know the exactly story. Where going. Who doesn't know the story? <laughs> so um just to kind of give some background. So the uh night that we found out my dad passed away, we were like I had said about a half hour away from my hometown where my family lived and I it was a snowstorm like a Always. like blizzard <laughs> snowstorm that like shut down everything for probably the better part of that week um well a few days because it was I believe a Wednesday and my son actually had just had his baptism that Sunday uh before that and my whole family was in from out of town and like spending time with my dad and I think we've talked about this before so like the then the snowstorm hit so for a few days like everything shut down 
and it's like freezing cold. You can't drive. So my sister calls me and she's hysterical, like out of nowhere, hysterical, right? Like, oh my God, like, mom just called me. Like, something happened to dad. I don't know why. Like, to take him to the hospital. I'm going to go see him. Like, ah. And then, like, ends the call with, like, I'll call you when I get there and tell you what happened. So I'm like, okay. So I, like, get off the phone. I'm like, you know, like, like, my sister's freaking out. Like, I don't know. Like, something happened. My dad, like, they're taking him to the hospital. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, we might have to go see him. So my best friend, Megan, lived um a few blocks away from us so I text her and I'm just like you know are you home um I said you know like something's going on with my dad I don't know what but like we might have to go out like to see him so I said like when my sister calls back like I'll let you know but I was like would you be able to come sit with the baby for a little bit so she's like yeah just let me know so then I was like okay like I'm gonna go take a shower because I had a newborn I hadn't taken a shower all day so I go take a shower I come back Mike maybe he went to go take a shower. I don't know. He'd like walked out of the room. So that's when my sister called me back and said like he died. So that's like that moment is like it haunts you, but like you just like you go through it in your mind. Like I just remember, you know, like honestly like people in the movies are not overacting when you see those kinds of reactions. Let's just say that, you know, like dropping to the ground screaming, you know, mm-hmm. like, no, like, no, you're lying. Um, so anyways, like I'm hysterical. I'm like yelling for Mike. I'm like, like yelling for him to come to the room. Like my dad died. My dad died. Like this was, you know, like out of nowhere, like I said, like just a few days before we were, you know, at this party with him. So, um, I called Megan. She came over with the baby. Um, I'd like, called a few of you know my closest friends and told them and so Mike and I packed up and we drove out to Lockport you know my family's trying to tell us like don't come like you know the roads are bad I'm like no like I mean my dad just died like I'm not going to sit home by myself and I think being the youngest like in my household growing up like that's always how people treated me it was always like no like you know Carrie you know Carrie's you know the baby of the family and let's just like treat her like that instead of letting her you know deal with this and you know you just stay there and wait kind of thing right so anyways we're driving we're driving out to my mom's house and um we're in the car and I think I made a few phone calls on the way um but it just you know obviously didn't really want to talk to anybody yet and just wanted to get there so you know it's quiet in the car and so we're driving and I'm like, Mike, I was like, this just seems so weird. I said, but for some reason, I said, all I keep thinking of is that episode of Roseanne when her dad died and she makes Jackie call their aunt. And he's like, oh, like, oh yeah, like I remember that episode. So if you have not seen it like you need to google it on youtube like i can't even tell you how many times like i'll just pull it up and watch it or if it's on tv i like text my sister i'm like it's on so um we get to my mom's house and then of course it's you know like tears like hysterics you know people are starting to come to the house and so um you know we're just dealing with what you have to deal with there and so mike goes down into the front hall to start to call his family and tell him. So he calls his, I think it was his mom he called and he comes back and he's telling me like I was telling my mom and she like, she didn't hear me and she wasn't in. I'm like, no, like, you know, like Lou died. And so I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that's just like what happened in that episode of Roseanne I told you about. 
So then I go upstairs to kind of get some privacy and like start to make a few more calls. So I'd called another friend of mine. I'm on the phone with her and I was like, you know, like, what are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, well, you know, like I'm at my mom's house. I said, um, you know, my dad passed away tonight. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm like kind of telling her, like, what had happened? You know, like, my mom found him like in the driveway. He was, like, snowblowing the driveway. And so then, like, she, you know, called 911. They took him to the hospital. My sister, like, go through this whole thing. Like, you know, now, you know, like, so I'm here. And so, anyways, I'm on the phone. They're, like, good 10 minutes or so. Like, you know, go through, like, the details of everything that just happened and how my dad died and, you know, where I am in this moment. And she says to me, well so where is he now? And I'm like, whoa, like, this is a weird conversation. I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm not sure if he's still at the hospital or if like he made his way to like the funeral home yet. But I'm like, you know, like, I'm not sure. And she's like, wait, she's like, I'm sorry. She's like, what happened to him? And I was like, Jen, he died. And she's like, oh, my gosh. She's like, the, my dog was barking when I first answered the phone. She's like, I didn't hear you. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, there's the episode of Roseanne again. Mm-hmm. So um, the next day, you know, we're back. So I had actually stayed at my mom's house that night. Mike went home for the baby, obviously. And um, he came back the next day, like, packed him up, came back the next morning with him. And um, so you know, day two of this, you know, you still have to contact people, make these calls and whatever. So my mom's like running around the house. I don't know where I was, um, but I'm doing something and my sister comes in and she's like, oh my God. She's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm like, what? And she's like, mom was insistent. She's like, I had to call dad's best friend, Greg, from when he was in the army. And she gets out. She's like, you know, the address book she has from like 1985 and all these papers are shoved in there. This is how people did address books, right? Like you don't update yep. and write in the address book. No. You rip, you rip the return address off a card yeah. they sent you and you shove it in the book. That's so exactly pulls, what you do. She pulls this book out of her desk, right? And she's like, look at you, like, gotta find Greg. So I'm like, gotta find you, gotta call Greg. So she's like, Nicole, you call him. So she makes my sister call. So she's like, so thank you. She's like, I get on the phone and I look up this number and his wife answers the phone and she's like, hello. I'm like, hi, like, is Greg there? And she's like, no, may I ask who's calling? And She's like, well, my name's Nicole. She's like, you know, like I'm Lou's daughter. And, you know, like my mom just wanted me to call and let you guys know, like my dad passed away last night. And, um, you know, he, you know, like I know it's been a long time, but, you know, like, you know, Greg really meant a lot to him. And so, um, you know, my mom just really wanted you guys to know and wanted Greg to know and thought like he'd really appreciate if we called. And so his wife says, well, thank you so much for calling. I'll really take that to heart. But Greg passed away four years ago. And my sister's like, peace out. I'm done. She's like, Carrie, I'm not making another phone call. She's like, I'm not doing this. And like, this is like running around. So it was from that day forward that we had decided that I am Roseanne and my sister is Jackie. And if you are a (laughs) diehard original Roseanne fan like we are, you will know exactly what that means about our personalities. And so it just, you know, when you're in this hysterical, 
grief and you know like you just start bawling for no reason you know like this is what kind of gets you through it I mean don't think that because someone's grieving or you're grieving that you can't find humor in a moment and we we found a lot of that like through the whole process and you know like I just remember like the week or so after the funeral you know like we spent a lot of time at my mom's house and so we had an aunt in from out of town and I walk in in the afternoon, like I come in with the baby, Mike was at work. So I go out for like, you know, to visit and whatever we have to do that day. And I walk in the house and like, mind you, I'm aware of the fact that my dad had just passed away. I get that. But I walk in the house and like my mom, my aunt, my sister are all sitting at the kitchen table and my sister's just bawling her eyes out, like crying hysterically. And I just look at her. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, Jackie, like what's your problem? And she's like, like, you know, Cameron, her son had this idea about how like his grandpa loved golf. And so like, you know, my uncle said that like, he should have a golf tournament. She's like, so we called the club and we're having a golf tournament, like on dad's birthday weekend this year. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's good news. So like, why the fuck are you crying? Like, (laughs) this is me. Like, why are you mad? Um, so it's just like, it's weird. Like you find these moments and one last one that I will leave you on that is just, I don't know if I've told this story before, but just um, those moments that you have that like find the humor. And this wasn't a Roseanne related one, probably is, but it's to some storyline of hers. So um, we, you know, obviously like spend a lot of time pulling together all the picture boards and all this and videos and stuff for the funeral home. And so... Mm -hmm. Um, in the back of the funeral parlor. And I think this is one thing that we can both relate to is that we had a ton of people for our weeks. Oh my God. So like, many people. The the wait to see me at Dan's wake in Buffalo was an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad's was And like, it was like a 30 second hug and... Mm-hmm head out <laughs> exactly and that's and that's what it was for my dad it was um we went over the time so we did and I think you did too we did um just one longer session yep. like my mom didn't want it dragged out over like the nope. two days with multiple sessions it was just one and done um because yep. she didn't think that's she could how do I it was too well and, ours was also different because we did a day in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and then we did a day here in Buffalo and yeah the funeral was here in Buffalo so right so anyways um it was, yeah, I think a two plus hour wait. And we even had people that had told us like we were there, we waited over an hour, but then like we had to go and, you know, like understandable. So like some people never even made it in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, like we were taking up two of the rooms, at this funeral parlor that we were at. So people would come in through the back and circle around and leave through the front door. So in the back of the room, there was like some of the picture boards and then um, a video reel playing on the TV back there. So my dad's best friend, Maria, um, she worked with him for like 30 plus years and they're best friends. Every Friday night, her and her husband would go have drinks and dinner with my mom and dad. And, you know, they were always together. So she um, actually came with us like when they let family in before everyone gets there to kind of have their like quiet moment. Um before everyone comes in, she was with us there, but then she, you know, obviously stayed for the whole week. So I think it was probably at the golf tournament. She came up to us and she told us, she's like, so I have to tell you guys the story, but she's like, you know, 
were at the funeral home and I knew I had to come in and, you know, I didn't want to and I was avoiding the room. I was out in the hall. And so then I finally was like, okay, I got to go in the room. So I go to walk in the room and all of a sudden I hear your dad's voice say, I'd like to welcome you all here today. And she's like, I almost shit my pants. So what it was. Is Which I would too. On the video reel in the back room was like all these different video clips. And one of them was him giving his speech at my wedding. And so she walks in the exact moment on the video when he's welcoming everybody. Yeah, that would creep me out too. And she's like. Oh my god! Um, so um, I think like it's these types of moments. It's like and I am like I'm the asshole of this relationship, Elisa. I tell you this like every day. I'm like I'm a jerk. <laughs> I have to. But this is this is my coping mechanisms, and it's like you know, like it's never going to make you feel better. It's never going to cure you. But you know, because I just you know I can fall into as dark a place as anybody else. So it's like you know, you have to find these little moments of humor or like if it's a second of joy before you go back to bawling your eyes out you know take advantage of it um and just remember that that you know and like maybe you're grieving for a person that had like the world's best sense of humor and they would get a kick out of all these things too so that's that's my takeaway on grief and please 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 go watch the Roseanne clip actually we'll post it to our (laughs) we'll post it to our Facebook page I'll find the YouTube link and post it because it's just it is too much. Um, I would reenact it, but I won't do it justice. It is just oh, Rosanna and Jackie at their finest. <laughs> yeah, so. I, don't, I don't. I don't think I've found. Um, I found like times of of humor, but nothing when like I didn't have any humorous things happen when, uh, like you guys did with the funeral and the wake <laughs> and everything. Um, I did have. <laughs> which is still very odd to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So Carrie knows what, what the funeral looked like. And um, so we had a a day in Pittsburgh because he was from Pittsburgh. So we had a a day and yes, Dan's body was actually in Pittsburgh. Okay. We, we had it shipped there. We had it shipped back to Buffalo. Um, But there was, there was pictures everywhere of Dan and I, like, you couldn't turn your head without seeing pictures. They were everywhere. The whole room mm-hmm. was, like, exploded. And so I'm pretty much, like, at the end of the line before Dan's casket. <laughs> I had this woman, and I will never... I, I have forgotten what she looks like, but I will never forget this happening to me. Um, I had this woman walk up to me, now my in-laws and some of my family members are like standing in the line kind of, you know, ahead of me. And she walks up to me and she's like, and who are you? <laughs> and I was just like, why the hell are you here? If you don't even know who I am. <sighs> Not to mention the fact that you pass by 75 life-size pictures <laughs> of me and Dan. And I'm proud. I'm not even over-exaggerating. Like, they were life-size. Were they not, Carrie? Like, yes. They were massive pictures of Dan and I. 
and you get to me and you don't know who I am, why are you here? That's okay. <laughs> don't ever say that to somebody at a funeral. And who are you? Even if you don't know who they are. The proper sentence in this scenario, people, is I'm sorry for your loss. Or I have no words. Anything. Those are, those are two Anything. very acceptable, right? All right. Things to never say at a funeral or awake. Who are you? Who just are you? Move that sentence from your vocabulary right now. I was just like, um, I literally looked at her, I was like, Dan's wife and then she just stared at me like totally appalled that she had no idea who I was and I was like and who are you and it was one of my dad's friends Hmm. Um, I don't remember what she looks like so like she could walk by right now and I'd have no clue but I will never forget that situation of being like why the fuck are you here now see in hindsight like, here, I'm going to help anybody who ever ends up in your situation in the future. <laughs> if I hope no ever, one ever does. <laughs> but if if you do, please, in your, like, agonizing grief, please remember this response. I'm his third cousin. We got married in West Virginia about X number of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's humorous now because it's a year and a half later. It was not yeah. humorous then. It was appalling. Oh my gosh. The things you hear in a funeral home. So we were um obviously my mom was right by us. We actually put my husband next to her should she like fall and pass out or something. He's more capable of catching her. Um she had a tall stool behind her to like lean against too, but she insisted on standing. So I don't know if he went to go help with the baby or something, but or if I was just close enough to hear this, but the things I would hear come out of her mouth that I'm sure did not phase anybody just thinking like, oh, like crazy grieving widow. I'm like, I just kept looking at my sister going, she cannot say that to people. Like, she can't say that. Like, so um, the owner of my dad's company came through the line mm-hmm. and he introduced himself like knowing he didn't know who we were personally and so he, I want to say he's not from New York State. Like maybe he flew in or maybe not. I don't really know. Um, so he walks up to my mom and he said, I am so-and-so, you know, like I I own the company and I'm very sorry for your loss. And my mom just looks at him and she goes, well, good luck running your business without Lou now. And I just looked at her and like, she can't fucking say that to people. I'm like, it's like she can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, did, did you hear her? So, um, grief, grief does strange things. I, I think we need a... So I know this episode was kind of heavier um, in the sense of what we're talking about and how to really take grief as, you know, how how it comes to you naturally right like however you feel that second but I think Carrie we need to do an episode on the funny things that people have said either to us or we've said to people while in different stages of grief because I could write a book on weird, weird shit people say 
I feel like we're going to have some good tweets in our near future. Yeah. So I definitely think that should be an episode because I could, we could go on, I could go on for hours on weird shit people say. Oh my gosh. It's insane. Like people just. And I do always say that I want to write a book about, about it. Because I think we need to. I think we need one. It's in, it's in our future. Listen, people, there's a lot coming from us in our future. The sound guy that plays whatever that song was I said last week. What did I say? <laughs> oh. Choo-choo. Like, what was it? Was it just a choo-choo sound? It was just a choo-choo sound. This is what I need in my life, right? Like, some people want, like, housekeepers or private chefs or personal shoppers i want a sound guy that plays the choo-choo noise right this is what i need in my life right so or sound girl anybody that can just follow me around play that sound effect whenever i say hot mess or hot mess express right (laughs) oh my god that was perfect you're my sound girl yay (laughs) hired by the way i don't pay with money because i have none right now Um, so anyways guys thank you so much for sticking with us to the end of this Um, we hope that you got something out of it Um, if we can help you in any way we are super supportive of what anybody's dealing with so if you need an ear to listen to you um, if you need advice on you know maybe you're trying to help a friend or a loved one and you just you know you want help with what to do for them reach out to us in any way um, filterlessfemales at gmail.com send us a super private email trust me we'll keep it between us um, mm-hmm. we don't share other people's information without permission um, catch us on social media at filterlessfemales on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok for as long as we're allowed to keep TikTok in the United States of America hashtag free right. speech um <laughs> And just saying after i got us almost banned from tiktok i mean which between, is a story for another day I will between elisa and that's the gonna government, be my f between elisa yeah. and the government we're screwed um we at are. filterless fnf on twitter um so reach out to us follow us um and elisa oh as always friends be brave be fierce but most of all be filterless all right catch you next time guys Bye.